This morning, I want to talk about, I've titled it, uh, Love Even When You Are Insulted. That's the title of my message. Love Even When You Are Insulted. We've been talking about uh, the theme this year is love, over, uh, love transforms. You know, that's the theme, talking about love. What transforms is actually love, not our programs, not, 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 not our structures. They all help to fulfill the plan of what we want to achieve. But, but what actually helps us to overcome is love, and that's the love of God. Amen. And it's not easy to love people. I said that last week. It's not easy to love people. Love is supernatural. Amen. Love is supernatural. And I'm talking about not love that you and I understand. And I explained that last week expressions of love. How there are four words in Greek words. What those, the words mean for love. But love is not um, something that's easy. Because it's easy to love people that love us. True. It's easy to love you. If you love me, I'll love you back. It's easy. But it's hard to love people that are mean to you. Right. It's very hard. Yeah, amen, indeed. And it's even harder to love people that insult you. Come on. Yeah? Now, I want you to please talk back to me because uh, I know not only me, but I'm sure in your lifetime you've all been insulted, embarrassed, or, you know, offended by something or someone, right? Yes? yes? Thank you, Tony is doing this. So that's good. And the scripture I have this morning that I read is in 2 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1. And uh, before I do that, why don't we just open our ears and our hearts to the Holy Spirit this morning. Father, now we pause to prepare our hearts to hear your word. It's your word that transforms us. It's your word that heals our hearts. And you teach us in your word, guard your heart. Out of it flows issues of life. Oh, Holy Spirit, we pray this morning that you will help us, Lord, to become more free and more uh, um, uh, the, filled with joy in our hearts as we talk about this uh, topic, love even when we are insulted. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So this is King David and his friend um, Nehash. Um, and, um, and now David is trying to show kindness to his, uh, Nehash died, and he's showing kindness to his son, um, Hanan. So let's read from verse 1. Sometime after this, King Nehash of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanan became king. David said, I'm going to show loyalty or kindness to Hanan, just as his father Nehash was always loyal to me. So David sent ambassadors to express sympathy to Hanan about his father's death. But when David, David's ambassadors arrived in the land of Ammon, the Ammonites commander said to Hanan, the, the master, Do you really think these men are coming to honor your father? No. David has sent them to spy out the city so that they can come in and conquer it. 
So Hanan seized David's ambassadors and shaved half of each man's beard and cut off their robes at their buttocks. It's funny when you mention the word buttocks, you laugh. And sent them back to David in shame. When David heard what had happened, he sent messengers to tell, tell the men, stay in Jericho until your beards grow, grow out and then come back. For they felt deep shame because of their appearance. Quite a funny story in the Bible. And I want to explain this a little bit. And there are two words that really stuck to me when I was doing my study. Is Number one is buttocks. You know? It is buttocks in the Bible, and that's okay. Um, and the other one is Jericho. A while ago, I did a study on uh, uh, different names in the Bible, especially locations, Jericho, Jordan, what they mean in the Hebrew word. And so I began to study this, and I want to explain this to you. But here is a story about David wanting to show kindness to his friend's, uh, friend's son. Because his friend passed away and he wants to be kind to his friend's son. And he wants to send, he sends his ambassadors uh, to represent David and, uh, and his kingdom. Now Hanan, uh, of course his advisors tell Hanan that, hey, do you really think David's come? Or David's ambassadors come to show you uh, uh, support and sympathy? No, no, no. I think they are coming to spy the land. To check out how big our walls are, to check out our, uh, our um, uh, army and all that, and to make sure that they overcome us later on. So Hanan, of course, gets influenced by bad advice, and what he does, he insults them. Now, if you understand about ambassadors, now we have an ambassador, New Zealand ambassador, uh, in different nations. They represent our nation. Amen. And so, likewise, other ambassadors, if you go to Wellington, there's councillors, different councillors, and there's ambassadors in there, they represent their nation. So, if we offend the ambassador, we are offending the nation. Are you with me? So, these ambassadors were representing the king. Now, often, many times for us in our lives too, as we are serving king, the Lord Jesus Christ, our king, as we're serving him, there are times where we are embarrassed. There are times where we are insulted. There are times where we are hurt and offended. There are times where people misunderstand and mistreat us. Amen. Everyone of us will be offended and hurt at some point of time in our lives. We all get offended. It doesn't matter how old you are, what ethnic background you come from, how long you've been a Christian or you haven't been a Christian. Everyone gets offended at some point of time. The Bible actually says in Luke 17.1, Jesus is saying, you know, there is no escape. We are expected. It's, there's no escape from offense. You will be offended. You will uh, take offense. But the question is, what are we going to do about that? And you see, offense is quite interesting. It's like, I got this table tennis here, and I, I want to play the devil if I can. And I will, uh, I'll say, hey, Nathan, you think you're a good table tennis player. And Nathan did represent our nation. He, he, played, you know, he played internationally table tennis. And then I go to Nathan and say, Nathan, Dan told me <laughs> you're not really a good, good table tennis player. 
So Nathan gets pretty grumpy. He goes, really? So he pulls out his bat and he starts walking forward. Come on, Nathan. And he goes, oh, let me show you. Look, he's come prepared. He's got it. Oh, this is getting serious. Now, I want to illustrate some things. How small gossip can catch fire. You, you with me? Now, I'm playing the devil, and Nathan, just because you got some re- good, really good rubber thick bats and you know you want to show off, Dan still, Dan still thinks that he can beat you. Nathan gets even more grumpier, and he goes, stands there. You got a ball? Great. Now, Dan actually doesn't realize he's gossiping. But you see, I mean, right now, this morning, Danny doesn't even know I'm talking about him. <laughs> and so now, everyone, put your hands together and give Dan a big hand. Come on, Dan, I want you to play Nathan. <laughs> Be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> Come on, help me out tonight, today. So Dan actually thinks he's really a good table tennis player. And so this is what I, I want you to see how, how gossip, how offense can, offense can become this whole table tennis game. It basically goes, okay, Dan, you think that I'm not good enough. So Nathan lashes out at Dan and goes, <laughs> okay, take it easy on him, please. Yeah. And now, and so you think I'm bad enough? And so he attacks him, and Dan, pause, I need to teach this. Can you play a proper game? Thank you. All right. Here you go. So, so what happens is, you are mean to me, I will be mean to you. Are you with me? You are nasty to me, I will be nasty to you. You put me down, guess what I will do? I'll put you down. Hello? Are you with me, people? You are, if you are horrible to me, I will be horrible to you. You've heard me the day when I got married, which was 50 years ago. And I will be mean to you because you hurt me on my wedding day. Because I stole your son. All the daughter-in-laws. We see, we hold, see, they kept playing. So what happens is, while they're doing this, warming up, it becomes a table tennis match. You mean, I'm mean. You're horrible, I'm horrible. And so then what happens? Nathan, I'm playing the devil. Nathan, Dan thinks you're pretty average still. Okay? So, so Nathan... <laughs> Come on, Dan. All right. All right, let's... Do you want to watch them play a bit? Whoa! Okay, let's watch them. You know, this is good illustration in church, okay? Now, I want you to see this. Okay, play a proper, just one rally, okay? And go, and go. Okay, let's watch. They both are grumpy now. That's all right. That's a warm-up. That's a warm-up. Okay, that's a warm-up. But you see, there's pressure now. They both are mean to each other. This is, I'm still preaching, by the way, just to let you know. I'm still preaching. Okay, go for it. Okay, this is the last one. This is the last one. 
Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Very good. Good job. At the expense of two people, we all take pleasure. <laughs> but often that's the case. Gossip is so powerful. When you're insulted, when your pride is hurt, you lash out. Right? I don't know if you sense, if you were closer to these men just now, I could sense of pride. Pride was palpable. It could see the spin on the bat and then all of a sudden Nathan gives a good smash. But you see often I think that's the case how we can't get offended and continue to give a lash out at each other. And I'm talking at church. I'm talking at families. You know, we with someone we love in church we can get offended by. Amen. Amen. With someone we love in our family we can get offended by. And what we do is, he's, he's done this to me, he should talk to me first. And he says, why should I do it? She started it, she should talk to me first. And, and, and then with someone you care at work, they offend you. It's impossible, according to Jesus, for us to escape offense and insult. Amen. And when you don't deal with that, what happens is it limits us in fulfilling the plan of God in our lives. Pasakara just mentioned, just now she said that we are to reflect God's glory. Amen. And we can come in church and put our hands up and all that stuff. That's wonderful. But none of us are exempted from offense. And the problem is when we don't, we deal with the insult and it enters into a conflict and it turns into grudge and grudge turns into unforgiveness. Are you with me this morning? We're in love. The Bible says love overcomes. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. It does not keep record of the wrongs. Amen. You're going to get hurt, insulted in your pride, and there's nothing we can do. But the question is, how are we to deal with offense? We've got to learn how to deal with offense. If we don't know how to deal with offense, it's going to uh, limit us. Not only that, it's going to create a kind of spiritual cancer. It creates a spiritual cancer. It limits us. Our heart is hardened to people, to God. You, you see where I'm coming from? Our heart is hardened and we can't engage because of that hurt. So these men got hurt too. So I've got another volunteer today too. I thought I'll show this to you if Jonathan is here, please. Thank you. You know, God uses your offense to grow you. I, put, I thought, you know, while I'm preaching, I'm going to actually illustrate these things this morning. So I'm going to get um, Shannon. Look at him, he's so excited. Shannon is going to shave Jonathan's beard. Okay. Half. Yeah, you sit there and you do it. I'll continue to preach. Okay? So, you see, sometimes in theory, sometimes in theory, we kind of go, oh, oh, he was offended. But when it happens to you, it's real. Are you with me? How many of you sat on a plane and the stewardess says, when, you, when we're going down or whatever they say, there's a life jacket under your seat. Pull the life jacket, pull the pack, 
put it on, blow into it, there's a whistle, there's a torch. Right? How many of you take notice of that? Not many do. There's one, but not many do. Okay? And But you think, oh, I'm not going to go. But I, the reality is when you're in the water and the cold hits you, forget blowing into it. You're going, Jesus, help me right now. Do you, what I'm trying to say is theory is different to reality. Reading is different to experiencing it. Amen. Talking about offense is different to taking offense. If I theorize it, it's a good teaching. But if I offend you tonight or this morning, you're pretty grumpy at me. I can sit with me for five minutes, I can offend you. <laughs> she was the first one to laugh quickly. Why? You know? And so, so, so that's what's happening here. I thought, how do we make this story come alive? So we thought we will shave his beard. But you see, my first point from what I read this morning is God uses your offense to grow you. Amen. God uses our offense to grow us. If we, if we don't deal with it, then it limits us. But God uses offense to grow us. Sometimes it takes the worst things in life to bring out the best in us. Amen. There are, there, are, there are heights that we can't reach without pressure. It's under pressure that a character is built. Amen. It's under pressure. When you're under pressure, when somebody's nagging at you, mean to you, it's under pressure how you react. It's, it's under pressure your character is developed. That's why a lot of people don't like pressure. And it's under pressure... <clears throat> uh, uh, diamonds are made, you know, they cut, they, they brought, diamonds are made under pressure. Even giving birth is under pressure. Without pressure, a mother and, uh, and pain, a mother cannot bring a new life into this world. True? When you're giving birth, you're not thinking of makeup. It's a different zone altogether. And that's why in James chapter 1 and, and verse 2, James is saying, My brethren, count it all what? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Amen. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when we are under pressure, James is writing to his readers. He is saying, brothers and sisters, count it joy when you're struggling. Count it joy when you're under pressure. Because under pressure, the beauty is developed in you. If you don't yield to God, you are stubborn to God. I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to make myself look like a fool. No, I don't like that. And you see, but what he's saying is, but let patience have its perfect work. Isn't that cool? Ephesians says that you are a masterpiece of God. Amen. You are a masterpiece of God. 
You are a masterpiece of God. And not only what that means, you're a masterpiece of God, is that, um, that, that the masterpiece, God wants to make you perfect and complete. Now the word perfect, how many of you know that you and I cannot be perfect? But the Bible teaches us that Job was perfect. Why was Job in the Bible Old Testament? If you read Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the Bible says Job was perfect. Now we know that none of us can be perfect. Job was perfect. James is writing, you and I will be perfect. How? The perfect is when we have the fear of God. Because if you read in Job, he was, he was um, um, what do you call it? He loved God and he wants to honor God. He feared God. And the Bible is saying that for us to be perfect and complete, we lack nothing is to take it, uh, um, account it as joy when we go through trials and temptations. See, without Goliath, there wouldn't have been a story of David and Goliath. True? Because of the testing. Now look at him. Stand up, please. All right. It's pretty humiliating, isn't it? They're scared to even laugh. Yeah. You know, it's... So this is what they did to the man. I'm going to talk about this soon too. I tell you, Nello is nearly in tears. <laughs> the mother is looking at me and you, I'll remember you for doing this to my son. Yes, she's looking at me. Look at her. She's angry right now. <laughs> Love, even when you're insulted. <laughs> but, but you see, it's humiliating. And I'll come to this, stand there or sit down. But you see, without a Pharaoh attacking at the Red Sea, there wouldn't have been a story of Red Sea. Amen. What I'm trying to say is don't run away from problems. Don't run away from insults. Don't run away from embarrassments. Because God uses that to bring His glory through your life. When you face it, God is with you. You can overcome without an exam. And then passing the exam, there is no graduation. Amen. How many of you like exams? Well, Rachel likes. I know the whole family are crazy, intelligent people. She's from Christchurch. She's just visiting today. And I've known the family. And yeah, yep, she likes exams. But, and without a driving test, there is no driver license. You see, what I'm trying to say is without a test, there is no result. Amen. Without a test, there is no result. We don't want to go through a test, but we want result. We don't want to go through uh, the process, but we want the fruit. Amen. God bring a breakthrough in my life, but I don't want to be broken. Amen. You with me? How many want breakthrough? Breakthrough, yes, 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 yes. Part of breakthrough is breaking you. Love still transforms. Amen. And Jesus was insulted. Jesus was embarrassed. Jesus was spat upon. Jesus was half naked. Jesus was ridiculed. He was put to shame. Not only put to shame, we know that he died a wretched death. You see where I'm coming from? Yet he loved you and I. Amen. Now, this, this message is for all of us, including me, including you, we all of us. And if you're not offended, if you're not sitting in offense, great. But put this message like a band-aid in your uh, purse or a Panadol in your bag. Because you never know when, to you, when you will use it. Amen. So if you're not offended, praise God. But put this as a Panadol in your bag. 
Because if I say I've got a headache, I'm sure one of you got a Panadol. And I'm doing a good promotion of Panadol this morning. <laughs> and sometimes when we don't deal with it, we want to quit because we feel bad for ourselves. He starts feeling bad for himself because it's embarrassing. What's with this little skirt? You know, and that's embarrassing. And what's with this half-shaved beard? It's embarrassing. And sometimes, you know, we want to quit. But God wants us to stand there with him. Amen. Such was the story here in this. David had good intentions. And his ambassadors were kind and were wanting to honor And they shaved. These men are not even armed. They were powerful men. They weren't armed. Their, their beard was shaved. And then their skirt was cut or the tunic was cut to their buttocks. Back in the day, they didn't have a choice. <laughs> the mother is struggling now. Trust me, my wife said, don't cut his skirt. Uh, I said, the whole point is to offend someone. The whole, because this is what I'm, my problem is. We're all staying in teaching. God did not send his son for you to be intellectual philosophers of the theology. He sent his son for us to be practitioners of his word. We all sit in the theory. And I often say, if you're part of Expression Church, I say this so lovingly. I say, if you think you know the word of God, hang out with the devil. He knows far more better word of God than you do. Devil knows the word more than you and I do. But the problem is, he does not Obey. Amen. See, the word that says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, it's not hearing. See, the Hebrew people, the way they read it is faith comes by hearing, or them hearing is obeying. Hearing is not from here, for them hearing is an action word which is obeying. Hearing and obeying the word of God. Amen. So we got to hear and obey the word of God. So I thought I'm going to cut this skirt. Should I? Yes. Wow. They don't love you, man. I think your mom said yes too. She looked sad, but she said yes. All right. So you want me to cut here? Where's Shannon? Shannon, come on. I'll give you the honors. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Shannon. I know you want to do it to your brother. Come on. Okay, go to the sides, okay? Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, cut it. Cut it, please. I'm going to have to move. So, you see where I'm coming from? And I think today, you're all looking at... I don't want to cut your shoes. I don't want to cut your Do not lead him to sin. Do not sin. Just cut it. He's a good sport. Give him a big hand, please. 
By the way, I had to get their permission. So, you cut, cut this too? Yeah. Keep going. Come on, man. Yeah. Don't. Okay. Oh. Okay. So now, I want you to stand on the stage. So at least we're not going to show his buttocks, but we're going to show his thigh here, cord muscle. Anyway, so now, you see, this was embarrassing back in the day because, number one, shaving off the beard in the, uh, in the, in the Old Testament, because growing beard was a sign of maturity and sign of authority. So, they, see, back in the day, if, 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 Hanan actually stabbed them, slashed them, beaten them. That was still honorable. Because those guys were warriors. It was better to have a warrior scar on them than to have their beard shaved. You see where I'm coming from? Then it was better for them to, to go home with a massive big scar with a sword on the slashes or whipping on the back. And they go, go home and say, we whipped, but we were fine. That was celebrated back then, but not shaving off the beard and not going half showing their buttocks. That's embarrassment. But I love what David does here. I love, before I get into this, see, number two, it says, always seek the truth before you act or react. Always, see Matthew 18, I think it says, Matthew 18 or 16 or 18, it says, go to your neighbor, brother, if he offends you, go to him. Amen. If I offend you, Nelu will come to me, you know, but if I offend you, you come to me. But instead of that, don't go around spreading the gospel or gossip, you know. Don't go spreading gossip and go, don't go brooding over it. He said this, he did that. So it limits us. See, love in spite of all this. I want you to think, how, how many of you are embarrassed for Johnny this morning? One, two. Two people are embarrassed for him. This is nothing compared to what Jesus went through for you and I. This is nothing compared to what the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, creator of the universe Earth is his footstool, went for you and I. Come on. And then for all of a sudden for you to share the gospel, you're embarrassed. For you to take baptism, you're embarrassed. We had to have conversations at home. See, Joseph, Joseph was accused of no fault. Why? Potiphar said to him, piece of cloth. Potiphar said, Potiphar's wife said to him, this is Joseph's robe. That's it. He put two together. Oh, you want to touch my wife? Throw him in prison. But Joseph kept a good heart. Always find the truth. Look for truth. Don't react and act on gossip, please. Because that's devastating. Hebrews 12 and verse 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness with, without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace with all people. Pursuing peace doesn't mean avoiding problems. Come on, Christians. I just don't want to talk about it. But how are you, Peter? I just don't want to talk about it. I don't know. 
Do you want to come for dinner? No. <laughs> Who's going to be there? Joseph. Oh, not him. <laughs> no. He's... I won't go there. <laughs> I don't want to go with him. I'm a good Christian. I don't want to open my mouth. Because if I open my mouth, I'm sinning. The problem is you're already sinning even by closing your mouth. You see where I'm talking about? I'm a good Christian. I should shut my mouth. No, 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 no. Good Christian. Speak the truth in love. Just because you're quiet doesn't mean you're a good Christian. Or just because you're barking doesn't mean you're a good Christian. Is this good so far? Love even when you're insulted. That means I go and tell, look, you made me look like a fool. I was so embarrassed and you were hurting me. I need an answer from you. Why are you doing this to me? And I can tell stories. So I'm not telling you a story just to preach. Trust me, if some of, people, some of the people know what I've been through in the last year and a half, two years, humiliation, wrongly accused, wrongly da-di-da-di-da. But praise God, my heart is still soft for Jesus Christ. I had to forgive a few people that I looked up to, that I honored it was very hard to forgive, but I'm glad I did that. Because it's, if I didn't forgive them, it would have hold me, it held me back. So as I said, avoiding the issue is not pursuing peace. Come on, come on. Number three, and I'll close soon, but number three. How to respond when insulted. I like what David did, because you see these two men... The ambassador for David, it wasn't these two ambassadors because their names weren't even mentioned. But David's name is mentioned. That means they were representing the king. Amen. Now he was, he was representing David. But for us, see, um, um, for us too, in our lives, we are representing the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. See, he's representing. So when I hurt him, I'm not hurting him, but I'm hurting the king. When I'm embarrassing him, I'm not embarrassing him. I'm embarrassing the king. Amen. So you see, so David was embarrassed. David was uh, uh, insulted. And David felt falsely accused. And I'm sure you must have felt falsely accused. But I like what David said. What David say in, uh, in verse 5. He said, when David heard what happened, he sent messengers to tell them, tell the men, stay in Jericho until your beards grow out. And then come back. Why? Because they felt deep shame because of their appearance. So you see, David was embarrassed, but I love what David would do. He said, go to Jericho. Turn to your neighbor and say, go to Jericho. You can do better than that. Look at them and say, go to Jericho. Go to Jericho. Because... This is fascinating. The meaning of the word Jericho, the meaning of the word Jericho is a place of fragrance. The meaning of the word Jericho is a place of sweet fragrance. And I think these men went to Jericho to wait for the beard to grow back. To, to David sent a seamster, I suppose, to come and sew the tunic so the butts were 
not covered, uh, were covered, sorry, and they waited for the beards to grow back. But you see, they went to Jericho because Jericho is a place of sweet fragrance. And I believe you and I need to go into a place, our own Jericho, and wait for our humiliation to go. These men had to wait there so their beards would grow back. Amen. They had to wait there for the beards to grow back. And sometimes we need to find ourselves to wait in, in this place of God and not get angry, not be, you know, the whole mentality of you're mean, I'll be mean to you. We need to cut that out because if you slap me, I want to punch you. That's the mentality we live in. That's the culture we live in. But you see, David said, hide in Jericho. And I believe you and I need to hide in Jericho. Amen. Because when you do that, God will be with you. In Psalm 119 verse 114 says, it says how to respond. It says, you are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. Amen. When you're hurting, when somebody's insulted you, there are scriptures to say, go into the hiding place. Wait on the word of God. God, what are you saying to me? Often when we are hurt, we start praying for other people. Lord, they're mean to me. They're harsh to me. But instead of kind of going and saying, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this scenario? I'm waiting. Because David knew that their beard will grow back. David knew that their shame will be covered. David knew that their honor will come back to them. Psalm 32 verse 7 says, You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. Isn't that wonderful? You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. It may look like I am surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God and my King. Savior, you've ransomed me. Amazing grace. Are you with me this morning? Song of deliverance, a word of God. Song of deliverance. When you're hiding in Jericho, the beard will come back. Turn to your neighbor and say, your beard will grow back. You can say that to the woman too. Your beard will grow back. <laughs> your beard will grow back. But wait for your beard to grow back. There are seasons in the Lord where we, we need to wait. There's a seasons in the Lord where we need to not respond. Love even when you are insulted. Love even when you are embarrassed. But God called me. Trust me. I serve God because I love God. But I don't get offended by God. God is not mean to me. But sometimes people are mean to me. Amen. That doesn't mean I brush it off. I'm no Rambo. God is not into Superman and Wonder Woman. Don't want us to wear our undies, red undies and run around everywhere. No. But he says in Psalm 27 and verse 5, he says, For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. Isn't that cool? 
In his tabernacle, in his dwelling place, he will conceal me. You are concealed in the presence of God. You were protected in the presence of God. And in, in the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. I hope that excites you. That's why I encourage you to read the word of God. This is promised to you. You know, cr good Christians, we all get offended. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. We all have a fall. But I'm saying, trust in the word of God. Because God, let me tell you, God, the story goes that David didn't leave them in Jericho. Before I go, give him a big hand, please. You know, give him a massive big hand. Thank you. And you can look at him half-shaved beard all day. Okay. That's nothing compared to what Jesus went through. But the story says, so uh, um, Nahash's son, Hanan, got so offended now. And so he pulls his army. And David sends Joab and his brother. And they destroy Ammonites and the Arameans. That's the story. David wins the battle. David wins, the, but the king wins the battle. Amen. What I'm trying to say is let the Lord win it for you. Let the Lord vindicate for you. Let the Lord go before you. Let the Lord fight for you. Are you with me? Let the Lord fight for you. We don't fight. Let the Lord fight for you. And in Romans chapter 12 verse 19 it says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. God does not take offense lightly. God takes offense seriously. Read the book of Isaiah. How you treat the poor. How you treat the disadvantaged. How you mistreat and treat. It's very important that you who are blessed are called to bless other people. Come on. How you treat others. God takes offense seriously. And so David in this story, to finish off this morning, David in this story, not only did he ask these people to go to Jericho, but because Hanan came and attacked David, David sends Joab and his brother, and they overcome the Ammonites and the Arameans. What I'm trying to say here, that this morning, I'm sure there is somebody here, you are harboring a hurt, or maybe you've, you've hurt somebody, but I'm asking us, we, it's difficult for us to love people when we are hurting. Amen? It's difficult to love people when we are hurting, but the Bible commands us to love people. Amen. The Bible says to love people. You might have made a mistake by lashing out at someone, by being mean to someone. Maybe you've given the offense. You must have made a gross mistake, but you're not a mistake in the sight of God. None of us are a mistake in the sight of God. God loves you more than you and I realize. No mistake, no sin, nothing can, that God cannot overcome it. But God wants us to be in a place of Jericho, a soft heart. 
a willing heart, a yielded heart, and say, God, it hurts, but I will obey you. David did not sit in his house. He, when they came at him, he overpowered them. But God will fight for us. Amen. God will never define you by your mistake. If you stay sweet, he will cover you. Amen. If you stay sweet, he will restore you. If you stay sweet, he will clothe you, clothe you with righteousness. Just like the boy that ran back to the father smelling like pigs. The father never condemned him. The father never said, I told you so. He took off his robe, the Bible says. And he gave him his robe. He took off his ring and he gave him his ring and he gave him shoes. Why? God restores your shame. God never uncovers shame. He covers shame. Amen. That's our God. That's our Jesus. That's how much he loves you and me. Can I get the worship team up, please? We're going to sing that song, My Chains Are Gone, I've Been Set Free. And as they do that, do we have communion? Yeah, can we serve communion, please? I want them to serve communion. I want you to take communion. But before you do that, I want us to, the Bible says this, this is not me. The Bible says, examine your heart. Examine your heart. Do you love your husband the way you used to? Even though he throws his clothes in the bedroom floor. Do you love your wife the way you used to? As we get our eyes closed and we reflect Do you love your extended family as you are supposed to? Because loving Jesus means loving people. Now they don't come in the shape and form that you like them to be. But when God puts those people in your life, God commands us to love those people. 